Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is AJ Wilcox. And AJ is a LinkedIn ads professional who founded B2Link.com. That's B as in boy, the number two, linked.com. He's a LinkedIn ads specific uh, owner of an ads agency. I said that so ridiculously, but he started in 2014. This guy's been rocking it out as an official LinkedIn partner. He and his team manage among the world's most sophisticated advertising accounts worldwide. And I'm going to unpeel that onion because that just sounds too fancy for me, right? He's a ginger. And if you're watching the YouTube version of this, my boy is a ginger, right? All right. He's a ginger and a triathlete. So that means this guy's like insane in the membrane, right? He's got some stuff going on there, right? I, I find a lot of people that do triathlons, they got, there's a, it's an outlet for something. That's all I'm saying, AJ, okay? So he and his wife live in Utah, Utah with their four kids and his company car is a wicked fast go-kart. Yes, I said it. AJ, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Sure thing, Joseph. Well, I don't know if there's a whole lot to fill in. I just... uh. I don't look like it, but I'm a triathlete and I love endurance sports. If you throw me at a sport where I'm chasing a ball around, uh, I'm probably not going to have a fun time. But if you tell me there's a mountain, go climb it. Uh, I'm in heaven. Mm, I like that. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Let's get into this. Share with us something that something very personal that few people in your business life know about you. Well, I, I don't hide it too much, but it's not something I'm super proud of proud to just throw out there. The reason why I started this company is I got fired. And so while I listen to a lot of entrepreneurs who are just having a fun time and they, they built up their, their side hustle until it was their main hustle, that's a great luxury to have. Uh, I, was, I was laid off without, uh, without really expecting it. And uh, I didn't have that luxury of building up a side hustle. I had to start from scratch. So what, okay, we're, you almost, you almost pulled me in to the story. You almost tricked me from my own process here in my <laughs> interview. Whoa, nice intrigue frame, buddy. All right, let's get down to business. My audience loves context. How much revenue did your business B2Link do in the last 12 months? Uh, so our goal is to be a seven-figure business. Um, I thought we were going to have it by the end of this year. It doesn't look like we are. We're probably about half that. Got it. So 500K about, give or yeah. take? Yeah, give or take. Nice, buddy. And how long 
did it take you to make your first 100K? How many years into the business? Uh, that happened in the first year, thank goodness. Um, and I'm sure we'll go into the story of like what that ramp up period looked like. But yeah, my, my first year was essentially me and my wife saying, let's test it out and see if this works because this is a very niche market. And let's just see if I can recoup my salary in the first year. And if we can, great, we'll keep going. And if not, time to fold up shop. Yeah, I get that. So you made it in the first year, your first 100K, all right, that, which isn't ordinary. Like, and I just want to put that context out there to you, Startup Nation. It's not ordinary to make 100K or more your first year in business. However, you're more than capable of doing it. It's just not ordinary because most people play small. They don't play big, right? So I, I just want to reframe that. Here's why I invited AJ on the show. Because I don't have a freaking clue about LinkedIn, and yet I know I have potential clients just sitting there waiting for me to share my products and services that they desperately need, and they haven't found me. They're all congregated on LinkedIn, and I don't know how to access them because I suck at LinkedIn. How do you like that for a case study? So Startup Nation, I'm gonna put AJ to the test right here on this show. He needs to convert me by the end of the show. I'm gonna give him about, you got about 18 minutes, buddy. All right, <laughs> so to not only convert me, but AJ, I really want the bread and butter, your top tips, your top strategies, what can I actually execute on so that when I get off this show, hosting this show with you, I can turn on LinkedIn to start working for me and my business and really capture some of the leads that are just hanging there, man, low hanging fruit, right? So we're going to get into that. So Startup Nation, that's why I invited AJ on the show, not only for me to learn how to do LinkedIn effectively and powerfully, but through him teaching me, I want you to learn. I want you to take vigorous notes, write down what he's going to share with you. I'm guessing, and I don't know for sure, he's got to prove himself. So he's guilty until proven innocent right now, but he's got to prove himself that he knows his shiznit when it comes to LinkedIn. And the way he's going to do that, he's going to give us real world strategies. So let's go back to the first 100K. Give me those strategies. AJ, how did you make your first 100K? What are your top three tips or strategies that actually got you over the 100K mark in that first year? Give it well, to me, real stuff, buddy. Well, I'll tell you, by the time I started the company, I'd been doing marketing for a long time. I'd had you know, seven or eight years of digital marketing experience. And, and so I knew how promotion works, but I had zero sales experience. Um, so I, I did what really came first to mind. Uh, in that first week, I jumped online looking at sites like upwork.com, trying to see, is there anyone out there looking for help with their LinkedIn advertising? Uh, cool, let me, let me pitch a few of those. I also have a pretty solid network because I love people. And so I reached out to all of my friends and, you know, past coworkers, uh, you know, business contacts and, you know, took them to lunch and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm hanging out my own shingle. Uh, and this is what I'm doing because if people don't know, they can't refer you deals. Um, then I also started going to in-person events. So those were the first three things I started were, uh, and you know, the in-person events were like networking events here locally in Utah, just trying to meet new people. And, um, sales isn't something that comes naturally to me, nor is it something I'm very good at. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm more of a relationship guy. So if you can, if, if we can form a relationship first, we can find solutions that help each other much later on. And I'm comfortable with that timeline. 
All right, give me those three again. Break it down real clear. All right, so jumping online, finding people who are looking directly for your service right now, uh, in-person networking events, and taking your, your friends and contacts out to lunch to just let them know what you're up to. Mm, got it. All right, speak to us about that, jumping online and looking for, what'd you say, where you're, where you're, say it again. Oh yeah, find the people who are looking right now for what you're doing. Okay, so, how do you find them? What, give me those strategies. What do you do that? Because that's just so vague. Oh yeah, uh, so what I did is I went to, it was then called Odesk, but it's now upwork.com. And I mm -hmm. went and looked for people who were looking specifically for a contractor to help them with LinkedIn ads. So it was very specific. And I found two or three people that way. Uh, it, there wasn't a lot of money, but it was okay. This was a, a testing stage for me. I also set Google alerts for any time someone online, let's say they're on Reddit or, uh, or you know, some other message board, Anytime someone says LinkedIn ads, I want to see that article. And then I also had Twitter alerts set. So anytime someone asked a question about LinkedIn ads, I was there. Uh, I also went to Quora.com where people are asking questions. And my goal was anytime there was conversation about this topic that I just wanted to jump in and master, uh, I wanted to be there involved in those conversations. That's really smart. I like how you, you turn on the alerts right? Because this way it's coming to you. You're not out searching every single day what's new in the media, in LinkedIn ads, what's going on. But Google and Twitter are literally coming to your inbox and saying, hey, this is LinkedIn ads was mentioned here, 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 and here. And then you're just scanning through and becoming a really fast filter and saying which one's relevant to what I'm looking to do. That's cool, man. That's powerful. I like it. All right, Startup Nation. He just gave you some, three or four uh, different strategies there really powerful stuff. What were the mistakes you made making that first 100K? Yeah, so I'll preface this by saying that I don't really call them mistakes because I wasn't an entrepreneur, blah, I wasn't an entrepreneur before, uh, nor did I ever think I was going to be. So um, these were learning experiences for me that no one ever expected me or, and I didn't expect myself to, uh, to know already. So this is just learnings. Um, one of the first learnings I had is I was working till two and three every morning, gaining weight and losing hair, just trying to manage all of the accounts during that first year. And I didn't feel like I had the revenue to justify hiring someone full-time, but I went, okay, if I can't afford someone for 40 hours, how about I hire two part-timers at 20 hours a piece? The math works out. Isn't this, you know, doesn't, isn't this the same as having a full-time employee? And what I quickly found out is, no, it's not the same. When you hire interns who are most often students, uh, they tend to disappear every time there's midterms or finals. So I would mm. lose them without notice for a week. And that was difficult. I also realized that not having done a whole lot of delegation before in my career, I had to come to grips with the fact that I have to tell these guys what to do. And if I don't tell them, I'm doing it myself and they're sitting there completely unutilized. Um, hundred percent, right? Or you're going back and you're correcting everything that they did wrong because they needed a shadow over them, which defeats the whole purpose, right? And coming from my own life, I'll share my own personal story because my audience somehow likes hearing these things. Uh, but in my co-working space, right? When I hired, I, I would teach entrepreneurship at the local colleges, University of Tampa, University of South Florida. And 
a lot of those students were looking for jobs, right? They're looking for internships. I want to get real world experience. Well, shoot, a co-working space. I get to work with entrepreneurs and business owners, man, like that's like, I could build my network. So they seem to be on the outside, a good choice for me to come in low hourly pay and to get some work done. However, it would take them literally about three months of training to get them up to speed of what I needed them to do, which means the rest of my team is spending their time training them and I'm paying hourly salaries for them much higher and I'm paying the interns hourly salary. And then here's the clincher was they would either graduate or they would, uh, you know, something would happen in their life. This was a temporary J-O-B to them, to an intern. This was not the career that they're looking for. And it may have been the same with you, AJ. It may be the same with you, Startup Nation. Interns are really good if you only need a temporary body in a temporary position for like a, a per project basis. That's what I would recommend. If you're looking for like a career and they can move up with you and everything, that is super difficult. Just expect them. You're going to put in a lot of training, a lot of cost, a lot of investment into them. And then they're going to say, thank you so much for all this training. Guess what? Because you trained me to be such a powerful leader, ABC big corporation just offered me 50 grand a year. So I'm going to go work for them. But thanks for the experience. AJ, what's speak to that. Uh, yeah, I, I found exactly the same thing. I mean, uh, for what we do, we run really big advertising accounts on LinkedIn and quite a few small ones as well. So not only do I have to train you on the LinkedIn ads platform, but I've also got to train you on everything that goes into advertising. It's, it's the strategy, it's the creative, it's testing, optimization, reporting. I mean, I've got to teach you Excel for heaven's sakes. So um, we put a lot of work and effort into training a new employee and then to have them bounce, you know, six months later, a year later, even it is, it's pretty painful. You know what it feels like? Betrayal. <laughs> it's like, I just invested in you. I made you who you are. You dare to move on with your life. Who are you? All right. What was AJ? What was the number one fear that really messed with your head your first year in business? Um, I, I mean, uh, when I first started the company, I had three kids with one on the way and Whoa. I had a wife to support. Bro, so, that's scary. Yeah. So when you're a, a breadwinner and all pressure is on you, like don't screw up. You've got people who rely on you. That, that was a, a pretty hefty fear. Uh, realizing that if I failed, like it's not just me, I can go live in a dumpster if I need to, but I've got people that I care about that I would not let live uh, in squalor. I see you getting a little choked up there. Tell me what's going on. What's showing up for you? Yeah, I mean, when I very first found out I was being let go from, uh, from my last company, I had to go home and tell my wife with three kids and one on the way, like holding my box of stuff from my desk, uh, honey, I don't have a job anymore. And that, that was scary. It was like super scary to share, uh, share with her uh, because, I mean, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are for being let go from a company. No matter what, it feels like a slap to the face. It feels like betrayal uh, and it, and you will lead yourself uh, without intervention. You will lead yourself to feel like you are a failure of a person. And that was a very, mm. very difficult several months for us. Uh, it was difficult on our marriage because we knew, hey, without income coming in, we've got to really scale back on our spending and make sure we don't spend a dime that we don't have to. And I remember my wife and I having a fight one time because uh, she bought Kraft macaroni and cheese instead of the generic version that was 10 cents cheaper. And you know that was the kind of, 
like stress we had back then is, you know, we, we can't be spending this kind of money. This extra 10 cents is going to break us if the company doesn't take off. Mm, startup nation. Are you connecting with AJ the way I am? That's real. Like he's sharing his pain. He's sharing his brokenness. He's sharing like where he was that place of scarcity. You know, that place, right? That scarcity mindset where you're literally looking to save 10 cents on dinner for your family. Like that's real, dude. Now, what was it like for you? I'm going here, bro. I'm pushing a button, right? What was it like for you driving home after being let go from your job? What were the voices going on in your head? What were they saying about you? Oh, it was, it was all shame. It was a like, how quote, could, yeah, quote them for me. How could you do this? How could you let this happen? How did you not know this was coming? Uh, what kind of failure are you to let this happen? What's your family going to do? What's their reaction going to, going to be? What are they going to say when they find out that their dad or their husband is a, a total failure? That's the self-talk that's happening. Wow. Startup Nation, do you feel like a failure? I know you do. There's times when you just feel, I'm a failure. I messed up. Why didn't I see this coming? Like AJ just said. Because you're not God, that's your freaking answer. And you don't run the universe and you don't get to see the future. That's why. Welcome to humanity. Like, welcome to humanity. Like, pinch yourself, dude. It's flesh. Like, you don't got shit figured out. That's the whole point. That's why you need to lean on others. You need to lean on your creator. This is why I speak about this, AJ, and I'm going off on a 30-second rant. Building faith into your business is so effing crucial, right? Because if you leave God at the door of your business, you're showing up inauthentically in your business because you're leaving that part out of it, like who you are, why you're here, right? Like all the breakdowns and you're like showing up like, I got this. Like I can run it all. I'm in control. No, you're not. If you were in control, you wouldn't have lost your effing job. <laughs> Right? You would have saw that coming. You're not, right? AJ, you're my hero, dude, for going there and sharing that. Startup Nation, this is what courage looks like. It's being able to go on a podcast and share your mess like AJ is doing right now, knowing that this is going to be heard by listeners in over 50 countries. And there's no taking. (laughs) You knew this before, wise guy. All right. (laughs) But AJ, man, that's awesome, man. Just sharing that because you're speaking to Startup Nation and they're pretending like they're not in that place of scarcity mindset. And they are. And that's why they're struggling to make 100K. You know, that's what, that's what it is. Did you tell me how much revenue you guys are doing? 500K, yeah. yeah. So you went from 100K to 500K. You, did, you had to get out of the scarcity mindset in order to do that. What did you do specifically to get out of that I'm an effing failure mindset. I don't have enough. I need to save 10 cents on mac and cheese. How did you get out of that mindset, bro? Well, the scarcity mindset is exactly that. It's a mindset and mindsets can be broken and they can evolve. So, you know, I just have to say, I agree with everything you said. Uh, when, When you've got your scarcity mindset going on, good luck selling because you know what happens when you talk to a sales guy who is stressed out because he needs to make this sale. Otherwise he doesn't feed his family. You can smell that a mile away. So, (laughs) I mean, for me in breaking that scarcity mindset, um, I I think 
what I had to do was achieve comfort with the business. So over the first, you know, three or four or five months where there just wasn't enough coming in to justify running the business, that was scary. And it was really easy to fall back into that scarcity mindset. But as soon as cash started flowing and I could say, whew, I think this is actually going to work. That was what allowed me to get out. So Got it. Saying- but, be- <laughs> but before, before the cash started flowing, how did, what did you do specifically in your life? A habit, a daily habit, something that kept you pushing until the cash started flowing? You know, um, for me, exercise is a really big deal. I've got to have, you know, I, I obviously don't look like a slim dude who is like super, super fit, but I love long distance stuff. I love hikes and, and snowshoeing and biking, um, marathons, that kind of stuff. So that's, uh, that's what I dove right into. In fact, the day right after I got let go, uh, I was up in the mountains taking a 22 mile hike just to be one with with the mountains and clear my head and, you know, and pray, pray out loud uh, that you get to a point where, you know, if you're praying on your knees alone, you can start to feel like, like, I don't know, this is just, this is a, an individual activity, but if you can pray out loud and not have to worry about anyone being around, it was great for me. <laughs> yeah. Like scream out, Lord, save me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that, was, that was literally the Bible verse today in our 40 day holy hour challenge. I do a Facebook live every morning at seven 30 and it's like the Bible verse was with Peter and he gets out of the boat. Right. And he's all like badass. He's like, Right. It's like starting your business like an entrepreneur. I got this man, the world. I got the world, you know, gets out of the boat. Lord, call me to you. I got this. Right. And then he freaking eyes on God. Everything's working, man. And then all of a sudden the wind, right. The bills, right. The finances, the wife and kids, the darn Mac and cheese is like a wave. Right. And all of a sudden you start to notice the 10 cents right? The waves, the, 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 the tumultuousness, and you take your eyes off of your creator. And what happens, man, you start sinking into the poverty mindset, into the scarcity mindset of the ocean. And it just wants to suck you up, right? But boom, you got out of it. You put the eye on the prize. You prayed out loud, went to the mountaintop and said, save me, Lord, save me. I need some healing. All right. That was my best impersonation. I don't get anything else after that. Why do you think, AJ, that 90% of entrepreneurs right now are struggling to make their first 100K? Well, when you very first start a business, there's a lot involved in a business. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got to be able to do whatever your product or service is, but you've also got to be able to sell it. And you've got to handle finances and you've got to handle operations and you've got to handle hiring and HR there's a lot there. And if you fail in any one of those areas, it's possible that that you can fail the business right outright. So, um, you know, for me, I feel like it was a great blessing. I feel like it was luck to a degree that I've been successful at building this up. And now that I'm on the other side, I can look back and say, oh, cool. Now I know how to solve all those problems. But I'm right there with all those other entrepreneurs who, who fail. Like, I get it. Got it. Let's get into LinkedIn. I want some strategies, bro. All right, I'm a, a, a novice, right? You are speaking to a seven-year-old, okay? With a high school education. Well, that didn't make sense. <laughs> Very advanced seven-year-old. <laughs> anyway, you're speaking to me, right? A seven-year-old level. Give me your top four actionable strategies to get started on LinkedIn and to land my first five customers for my product or service. 
Perfect. All right. So super actionable. You want to start number one with your profile. Now I know you're saying that you're a LinkedIn novice, but I'm looking at your profile right now and it actually looks really good. I'm so badass. Yeah. Well, I'm a badass <laughs> novice. Go That's ahead. right. So I'm going to throw out the things that you're doing really well. Number one, your image gets seen a lot before you go and grab coffee with a friend uh, or, or a, a potential you know, a potential partner or whoever, they're going to look at their phone. And one of the first things that's going to show up is your picture. You want your picture to be tight around your face so that when they look at it on a small mobile device, they can recognize you in that Starbucks. So number one, I can recognize you from your picture. That's great. Uh, number two is your headline. So for you, it's building faith into your business, entrepreneur, author, host of broken Catholic and first 100 K podcast founder and CEO. Um, that's great. This, people used to use their headline as like, I have this job at this company. And that's just boring. That, that doesn't show that you're being helpful or useful for anything. But instead, if you use this to, to say, this is what I'm best in the world at, and this is how I can serve you. Everything you write on your LinkedIn profile, it is not a resume. It is, uh, think of what's in it for the person who's reading this. Got it. All right. Give me number three. Number three, you've got to look at your summary. So your summary is, is great. I mean, you get something like 2000 characters here, free flowing, write whatever you want. And you can tell a story here. This is where I came from. This is why I do what I do. This is my passion. Uh, this is how to contact me. There, here are clients I've spoken with. Here are stages I've spoken on, podcasts I've been uh, a guest on. All of this stuff that you've got you know, really, really well in your summary, uh, you know, startup nation, go check out Joseph's uh, profile right now. Like go see what he's written. It's really, really good. You know, I did not pay you for all of this acknowledgement and affirmation and you could have totally taken this a different way and been like, all right, Joseph, I got a real talk for you. Your profile sucks, right? <laughs> like you could have went there. All right. But more than a good profile, what do I do with the good profile? Like what steps do I take in order to find, I want to find where my potential clients are on LinkedIn. How do I do that? All right. I've got three channels for you. So number one, having a profile, people will naturally find you. So you, you can be found. So the fact that you've filled out your profile, now people who are looking for what you do can come and find you. So that's, not really a strategy. That's more of just, Hey, the lights are on. I'm going to wait for someone to come knock. Number two, you can be out there doing, I'm actually going to give you four. You can be out there doing active outreach. So LinkedIn has really powerful search features that you can search by job title and industry and company size, all of that stuff that you need to find exactly the right person that you're trying to reach out to. So uh, give me an example, right? Cause we learned by examples and stories. So I own two co-working spaces in Tampa. My client is the small business owner or entrepreneur, one to four employees who's cash flow positive. He hasn't broke through the 100K yet, or he just broke through it, but he wants to scale, he wants to grow and eventually outgrow my office space. But he, needs, he needs cash flow right now, and I can help him with that. All right, so you're going to go to LinkedIn's advanced search. You're going to type in uh, the, you say Tampa? Tampa, correct. Okay, you're going to type in Tampa, Florida as the geography. You're going to type company size, either myself only or one through 10, maybe both. You're going to type in uh, job title, CEO, president, founder, partner, one of those. And then you're going to get a list of here's everyone who fits that criteria. And you can then go and click on every single one of them and reach out with a connection request. And of course, 
uh, I'm sure many of you understand when you get a connection request from someone you don't know and all it says is the default, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn, you have no idea if this person's trying to sell you. You don't know if this person like even cares if they're just trying to beef up their numbers. But if you can actually customize that and say, hey, I wanted to reach out to you because I saw you're in, in the Tampa area. I love getting to know partners and founders uh, here locally. I'm another CEO. Love to brainstorm with you, be a resource to you, something like that. You're going to have 90, 95 maybe even 100% of these people connect with you. And then once you're connected on LinkedIn, you can have conversation whenever you want for free. So totally open lines of communication. Got it. All right. So do I copy and paste that personal note and then just change it for each person's name? Or um, is that a no-no? Do can. I have to sit there and waste my... I shouldn't say waste my time, invest my time into handwriting single notes to say a hundred potential clients. So this kind of turns into a little bit of a numbers game. If, if you don't customize, if you just come up with a message that sounds good and you're going to copy paste for everyone that you're coming across, um, you may get 50, 60, 70% acceptance rates. And if that's okay for you, then that works. If you customize it a little bit more and say, hey, I saw you went to X university, I'm actually a professor there or I teach there. Um, and you make it any more personal, that jumps from like 50, 60% connection acceptance to 9,500. So, I'm a big fan of, of hyper customizing it for each person just so that they know that a person wrote it and this was not an automated thing. You mean people could tell? People could see through me? What? <laughs> yeah, we, we can smell a salesman a mile away and we can also smell that scarcity mindset. So, <laughs> All right, got it. So what's, what's the next step? All right, so we got... Uh, go to LinkedIn Advanced Search Startup Nation, right? Enter the criteria of your ideal client. And then once the search results come up, go ahead and connect with each of those people and write as, as personal as you are willing. Note to them, um, obviously, the more customized, the better. That's what AJ is saying here. What's the next step after that? I made initial contact. I complimented them on their high school, et cetera. What's next? Okay, the next is you start a real conversation. You be a real human being. Because after you connect, if the first thing you send over is, here's my sales pitch. Uh, this is, I, I want to sell you something. Then they will either disconnect or they will write you off in their mind as, this is, a, this is a spammer. This is not someone I ever want to receive value from or provide value to. Yeah, I literally get probably five to 10 of those a week and immediately delete, delete. You're no longer my connection. That's what I do. So if I'm doing that, Others will do it to me is what I'm hearing you say. Yep, that's right. And that's what it is. I mean, be a real person. Don't be a salesperson. Think of how you can provide value to them and have a real conversation and build real friendships. This is what LinkedIn's all about. Mm, got it. So at what point do I go for the pitch? At what point do I invite them in as I'm having this back and forth conversation? Is there a rule of thumb? Is there a strategy behind this for LinkedIn? Maybe it's you know, after two back and forth personal communications, then go in for the jugular or whatever. I know I'm making this into very aggressive language, but <laughs> what's the answer to that? I, I think for me, I, I mean, you're asking the wrong guy because I'm the opposite of a sales guy. That's just not. No, the, no, that's perfect. That's because you represent 80% of the world would identify with I'm not a sales guy or I'm not a sales girl. So what, what do you do that's effective? So for effective? me, in having conversation, you're naturally going to get to a point where you're saying, here's 
uh, you know, what can I do for you? And they're going to reciprocate and say, hey, by the way, I haven't asked you, what do you do? And that's your opportunity to share. This is the value I provide. And, you know, does that sound interesting? Like, would you want to have a talk about that? Uh, are you looking for a co-working space? Because this is, I've got a whole bunch of entrepreneurs that you would love to come have lunch with. I, I think it naturally comes, um, but I, I will never push a pitch until I'm invited. But again, uh, I'm, I'm not in sales, so someone else could shortcut and probably make what I do more efficient, uh, but that's okay. Got it. How many times, how often do people not ask you what you do? I don't think like it's it, ever happened. Really? Yeah. Uh, when I'm providing value, I think the natural human reaction is, is someone saying, thanks, that's really helpful. What can I do for you? No, oh, I get it. Hey, that's cool. All right, Startup Nation, that's some powerful stuff right there. All right, AJ, I like it. Now, what kind of results can I expect? Obviously, we have a disclaimer there. You have a disclaimer. Individual results may vary per person. All right, but like, how long will this take startup nation? They start employing your, your four step strategy here. How soon can they be seeing results? And if they're not, they could gauge, maybe I'm, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Well, can I share two more channels, two, two more uses of LinkedIn with you first before I answer that question? hundred percent. Like I'm pulling your best. So stop, <laughs> stop holding back. Give me your best, dude. All right. Sounds good. So we, we've gotten the turn the lights on. So people can come and find you. We've gotten the, the organic outreach, the targeted, I want to come and connect with you. Number three is you can share content. So one of the things that is not very much appreciated, uh, but should be in, in the social media world is that while everything that you say is being repressed on Facebook and it's being minimized by Twitter, when you say something on LinkedIn, LinkedIn wants a lot of people to see this. And so because of that, it's the easiest network in the world to go viral on. And what I mean is when you push something out and, and let's say you, you're connected to a thousand people, uh, when you push something out on Facebook, Facebook's going to say, cool, I'm going to only show this message to 5% of them. And Twitter, it just kind of goes by in someone's feed and you might show up in a, you know, uh, you might've missed this, but on LinkedIn, if someone in, in those thousand hit like or comment or share, LinkedIn goes, oh, cool, this is interesting to that person. Maybe it's interesting to their network. So you reach your thousand and then you reach the thousand of that thousand and, and it has this opportunity to propagate. So what I'm hearing you say is that if one person in my network likes the content that I just created and shared on LinkedIn, then immediately LinkedIn pushes that content to their entire network? Not the entire network, but you can think of it that way. Uh, probably what they do is say, hey, we're going to test this to a small portion of, of their audience and see if more people like or more people comment from there. But even if it's 5 or 10% of their network, you're still getting a lot more benefit, a lot more eyeballs on what you're sharing than on any other social network. Got it. So what I'm hearing you say is while Facebook is trying to like condense because there's so much content on it, not enough people are producing good content on LinkedIn. So when LinkedIn recognizes that through their algorithms, they want to push it and expand it and get it to go viral as best as it, as they can. That's a powerful, um, yeah, that's really powerful. I've never heard that before. Okay. You said you had two. What's the, that was one. 
All right, so that's sharing. So make sure you're share, you're actively sharing the stuff that people are going to find useful because it's it's like speaking through a megaphone. And then number four, our fourth channel way of using LinkedIn is the ads platform. And that's what we do as an agency. So when you're doing this, you can specify and say, hey, I only want you to see my ads if you are the CEO of a tech company with more than 500 employees in the United States. And then you set your ads out to go to that, that audience. And then you're only paying when someone's clicking and you wait for them to come in and become leads. Got it. All right. So that sounds really similar. I'm going to be the skeptic here, right? That sounds really similar to like a Google ad, right? And I've had hit or miss results on that. Um, and obviously I could set my budget, my daily budget and all that, but like what makes for a powerful ad? Like, it, and not going into the copy or anything like that, but like, what are people doing wrong that is making their ads not get clicks on LinkedIn? Yeah, well, you bring up Google ads, Google and Bing uh, and your search engine optimization, they're really good at drawing people in based off of a keyword search. So if what you do is uh, there's search volume out there for, for people typing in, I want co-working space in Tampa, Florida, then mm -hmm great search is going to work really well for you because people are actively looking for it. And there's that intent. What you lose with that though, is you have no idea who's doing that search. That search could be completed by the CEO of a company, or it might be the janitor or anywhere in between. And so you, uh, your sales team, if you're running like a, a bigger sales operation, your sales team will come back and say, Hey, we're getting these really hot leads. These are people who want to close like tomorrow, but, you know, we're talking to everyone. Can we maybe just get VPs and above or maybe just managers and above? Um, we don't want any of the tire kickers. You can do that with social media. So Facebook, LinkedIn, give you these really advanced targeting techniques where you can say, hey, I, I don't want to show this to anyone. You have to fit my mold. Now I'm going to show you ads that I think would be valuable to you. And uh, the search ads, because you lose that intent, deals aren't going to close as fast but you're closing or you're getting relationships started with the right people and they lead to much larger sales. Got it. So I'm going to ask you a real transparent question here. You could say no, if you like, I wouldn't recommend it though. So <laughs> um, what tool do you specifically use at your agency? Maybe it's a widget, an add on or something for LinkedIn that really helps you create value for your clients and get the results that they're looking for. And what's that hack that we could give to startup nation right now that you personally use and get results with? Yeah, well, we don't do a whole lot of outbound with LinkedIn. Um, I, I have enough leads, thank goodness, coming in that I don't have to do any advertising for ourselves. Uh, but I will share some of the cool tools that we've found that, that make a lot of this helpful. Um, number one, I talk to a lot of people. I talk to potential clients. I talk to clients. I talk to uh, you know, potential people who might want to partner in the future. And we're doing this over email. And what I want to do is make sure that everyone that I'm – I have a good business relationship with that we're connected on LinkedIn. And sometimes I'll forget to reach out and start that, uh, that process. So there is a, a, a Gmail add-in. It's a, a Chrome add-in for Gmail. Um, and LinkedIn actually bought it. It used to be called Reportive and LinkedIn turned it into, I think it's called LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And what it is is a little sidebar in your Gmail that every time you're writing an email to someone, it'll pull up their LinkedIn profile and it'll show you whether or not you're already connected. So I use that to make sure that, you know, let's say I'm talking to someone who's not ready yet uh, to, to 
do business with us, but I'm providing value to them. When I share something on LinkedIn six months from now when they are ready, I want that to you know, spur to the top of their mind and say, oh yeah, I should reach out. We're, it seems like we're more ready now. And I remember I was talking to this guy about LinkedIn ads. So that's hack number one. Hack number two is if you're actually doing ads on the platform, on, on LinkedIn's ads platform, their tools are, are pretty tough. Um, they haven't put nearly as many hours and developers on it as Facebook and Google who derive all of their business. They're multiple billions and, you know, yeah, I'll say multiple billions from. So LinkedIn's ad platform has been kind of ignored. There's a platform called AdStage. It's adstage.io that allows us as an agency to manage uh, 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s of accounts uh, with very large spends and allows us to do bulk operations on them. So yeah, if anyone is doing a lot of advertising, AdStage is probably worth checking out. Look at that. I mean, AJ just gave a hack to his competitors. That's, that's awesome, right? That's powerful stuff, man. And here's why. He can do that freely and comfortably because he's not threatened. He knows his value. He knows the one thing that competitors can never duplicate is AJ, right? That's, that's, and, and Startup Nation, get that about yourself. Like really see your own value. This is something that's, you know, showed up for me in my co-working space, AJ. I'll share this quick story. So I have a, a local competitor. Uh, I brought co-working to Tampa Bay, right, five years ago plus. And uh, it was unheard of in this area of, of the U.S. And this uh, competitor started copying and modeling, they call it, right, um, to the point where he literally took my three branded colors for my brand, right, which is this fire orange, the white, and the 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 slate gray and each one I chose because of the different emotion it evokes in the human person. Right. So there was a lot of thinking behind the branding there and he copied it and went and painted all his interior walls with it of his co-working space, like as a big, like F you to me. <laughs> and this used to be an old friend of mine. Right. And wow. then on top of that, he put signs out around my co-working space, trying to poach my members for sales if you leave co-creative, right? Like here's your, your offers. Then he puts up a Google ad saying alternatives to co-creative with my colors in it and stuff and has a whole page. Like if you, you know, trying to poach my members. And that really bothered me. I'm a man, dude. Like, and I, I was raised on Long Island. You do that up there in New York, man. Like you got broken kneecaps. Like you don't do stuff like that, right? Down here in, in the South, that's just the way they do it. Well, whatever. So, like, I had to fight my own personal, you know, stuff, man, my own aggression. And a friend of mine, he was like, Joseph, you know, that's the best compliment. That's the best flattery. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like it. Like, go be creative, dude, on your own. Don't take mine. And I really got present to this. In Startup Nation, I'm sharing the story with a point. Maybe you have gone through this yourself. At the end of the day, no one can replace me. At the end of the day, no one can replace you. That goofball over there that likes to copy every new thing or widget or whatever I put out into the marketplace does it because he lacks his own creativity and he's just a naturally lazy person. Why would I be threatened by that? Right? That's not even a, a valid competitor. And when people ask like, oh, is so-and-so your competitor? I'm like, nope, he's not even on my radar. Why? Because he's playing at that scarcity level. That's what AJ spoke about. He's still at scarcity level. I'm in abundance, man. Abundance means I'm the market leader. That's why people are copying me. 
you become the market leader in your space and people will copy you and take it as a pat on the back and keep creating new awesome content. AJ, let's wrap this up, buddy. This is awesome. All right, I'm going to do a quick recap of what you said here. So Startup Nation, I'm going to give some, some good nuggets here, right? Get out your pen and paper. If you haven't been taking notes, what are you doing? Take some notes here. AJ's got wisdom, man. All right, so we're speaking with AJ Wilcox. He runs a, an agency called b2link.com, right? So that's B as in boy, the number two, linked.com. And he is a LinkedIn expert. Getting, like leveraging LinkedIn effectively can be a game changer for your business. I know it will be for mine. That's why I'm going to employ some of these tactics. All right. So first off, a little backstory. AJ lost his job, lost his revenue, drove home to his wife and kids, right? And pregnant wife with a fourth baby on the way, literally kicking himself in, in the teeth and calling himself a failure in his own internal thoughts. You know what that's like. He was in scarcity mindset. He had to get out of it quick. He had no sales experience. He doesn't like doing sales, which connects with you because you feel the same exact way. But he went out and did four steps to get back on his feet and get into abundance. First, he went to upwork.com and he searched for people looking for his services. So do that. Step one, go to upwork.com or another like it. Look for people already searching for your services. Number two, he set up Google alerts and Twitter alerts for, quote, his services, LinkedIn ads. So do the same thing for your services. Step three, he took his business colleagues out to lunch. Like reach out to your immediate network on LinkedIn and invite them to lunch and actually get up into their space. Ask about what's going on in their life before you talk about you. Step four, in-person networking groups. I personally hate them. However, they have helped. I got to admit, they have helped. So do those. If that's your thing, go do it. And then let's, all right, so that's how you get back into abundance mindset. Plug in. Stop hiding out in your room, in your house. That's where you feel isolated. I believe that's the number one reason why small businesses fail. Isolation. It's not lack of funding. It's not lack of resources. It's not lack of connections. You get all those lacks when you're isolated right? Stop the isolation, get back, plug back in. All right. So now we go into this, the LinkedIn strategies. Here we go. First on your profile, let's look at that. You got to wow your profile. You got to put some makeup on the pig. All right. Right. And the way AJ says to do that, first off, the most noticeable thing is your headshot. The number one thing that's your headshot. Make sure it's a close up. I want to see your eyes. I want to look into your soul. I want to know I can trust you. To, to spend my money with you, right? All right, so wow up your profile. Then in your headline right there, share two things, AJ says. Share, this is what I'm best in the world at. That's really cool language, by the way. Like, I'm best in the world at blank. Like, that's how you write that. People want to hear that, man. Like, whoa, that's some serious confidence. That's a big claim. And then here's how it applies to you, right? So I'm best in the world at X. How I can help you is X. So I'll give you an example and I'll make this up on the spot. I am best at, in the world at co-working spaces, right? Creating a, a, a office environment where you're surrounded and I, let me reframe. I am best in the world at get, getting you out of your home office isolation. 
where you're sinking as an entrepreneur right now because you're unplugged from freaking reality and you're bouncing your ideas off the wall. All right. And the way I can help you is by plugging you into my co-working spaces too in Tampa with awesome, amazing entrepreneurs doing big things to kick you in the pants, push you into the action that you're refusing to take right now. Right. And I'm being a little wordy, but you get the point. Like I'm best in the world at that and lowering your cat, your expenses so that you can raise your cash flow. And I do that by giving you a physical office environment with no lease, no contract, no overhead. You just pay a, sh a little monthly recurring fee right there. All right, so go do write that for yourself. Summary, tell your story in your summary. Get personal, get real, show me your human. Tell me, share your brokenness, AJ says, right? Share your story. My LinkedIn profile literally starts out with, um, how do, go ahead and read it to me, AJ, you got it in front of you. Raised by a single mother on welfare, Joseph Warren dreaded their weekly trips to the supermarket and hung his head in shame as they paid for the family's groceries with food stamps. Boom, pause. That's an effing mic drop right there. Now, either you're gonna like me or not like me right there. I split the C, right? But the people that get turned on by that, they get turned on in a compelling, powerful way and go, whoa, this guy just went real and vulnerable. Hey, guess what? I was raised in welfare too. I wanna meet this guy. And right there, I have a connection. I have a bond with them. I'd even know about, right? They'll reach out to me possibly for that. All right, so go do that. Write your story. Get real. Now, don't pour your guts out on me, okay? But just share some of the, the, the highlights. And then oh, never leave, never leave um, it where you're still bleeding. I, I just want to put that in there in your story, right? So show me that you've healed and now you're triumphing. All right, so show me your broken, ugly mess. And then, oh, by the way, I went in and got healed and now I'm winning in life, right? And this is why you wanna work with me because people like to work with winners, not people that are bleeding all over you. Everyone very loves the story of the hero's journey. Yeah, very important distinction. All right, all right, let's get into the four major tips and then I'm wrapping this up. This show went over a little bit, <laughs> but that's because, dude, no one talks about LinkedIn in an effective way, right? And people wanna win on LinkedIn. Right, and, and we got AJ Wilcox on here. He's, in, he's a LinkedIn ads expert, and this guy's sharing, here's how you do it, man, and it's real. All right, four strategies by AJ. Number one, LinkedIn advanced search. So go immediately put in a search, LinkedIn advanced search, and enter the criteria of your ideal customer. Not the ones that cause you headaches, not the ones that underpay you, undervalue you, but your ideal. Who's that one client or two clients that, man, you loved working with and they paid you good money? Get more of those. Put in that criteria. Once the search results come up, step two, connect with those people and write a personal uh, connection to them right? And, and mention something about them. Everybody likes to hear about themselves. Mention something about the school they went to, their, their middle name, their profile picture. Man, you look gorgeous in that headshot, right? Whatever, whatever you want to say. Um, step three, share valuable content. Start doing that in your profile. Start sharing valuable content. And the content really should be focused on what is the problem that my ideal client is suffering with right now? What, is, what are they going through right now? And write content about that. Share something that can help them. Share some hacks. Share, that's what AJ's doing with you right now, Startup Nation. And you love him for it. And you're probably going to reach out to him at b2link.com and say, AJ, I did everything you said, and I, need, I still need your help, man. How much? How much? I want to hand you my credit card. Right? Okay. 
And then number four is LinkedIn ads. Start leveraging those LinkedIn ads in a powerful way. And then uh, AJ gave uh, some hacks, two quick widget hacks, LinkedIn sales navigator. So Google that LinkedIn sales navigator, see if that can help you, how that can help you. And then if you are a company that is helping people on LinkedIn to grow their LinkedIn brands, profiles, businesses, um, go to adstage.io. That's something that AJ recommends. AJ, how did I do on that summary, that recap? What did I leave out, buddy? That was perfect. I am impressed that you wrote that while we were having a conversation. If I had to take notes on our conversation, I would be going, um, uh, a lot. <laughs> you know, and I used to be the person that would tell you, I hate taking notes. But you know what, Startup Nation? Get good at the things you, you naturally suck at. That will help you win and take you to where you want to go. Everything else, ignore if it doesn't further you towards your goal. AJ, welcome to the hustle round, my favorite part of the show. This is where we get down and dirty. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. The first thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite sound? Car engine. Nice. What's your least favorite sound? Baby's crying. What, what are you most afraid of? Ooh. Uh, I know I'm going over three seconds here. Ah, um, uh, I guess I'm going to, okay, you're, sorry. You're fine. Breathe, bro. What okay. are you most afraid of? Maybe I'm so it's, I'm, I'm so afraid of answering questions in three seconds. No. What are you most afraid of? I, I guess I'm afraid of the sales pitch. Mm, got that. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Working. Mm, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that means you sacrifice other things like family time and That's right. important things like the whole reason behind why you're working. All right. What secret fear do you have about people? Ooh, uh, I'm afraid of being found out, being called a fraud. Mm, that's a big one. Dude, imposter syndrome shows up more than any other fear on this show. And it doesn't matter the level of success. I've had guys on here, hundred million a year. They still feel like an imposter, like they're a fraud. It's hilarious. It, it's it just like, dude, it's, what is that? What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Uh, to, to, um, to offload to outsource, to delegate. Yeah, I got it. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, you know what? I want to learn new things. Um, sorry, I, the, the, blah. I know this is going long, but uh, I want to I learn to break dance. I want to learn parkour. I want to learn to play the guitar, the drums. I have all these things in life that I haven't done yet that I want to do. That's so cool. And by the way, you shared with me earlier, Startup Nation, uh, if you can see AJ right now, he is standing on his treadmill desk um, that's where he works. He walks three miles an hour on his treadmill desk as he works. So he's staying fit and he's healthy and obviously preparing for some kind of weird triathlon somewhere. <laughs> All right. What is a bad habit you want to break, AJ? Ooh, uh, procrastination. Yeah, got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, helpful, valuable relationship. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Um, scared, worried, uh, fake it till you make it. If that's one word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and last question. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends, your kids, only one piece of advice, AJ, what would you say to them? Uh, I'm assuming that I've gotten to the other side and I've seen how, how 
how few or how little our problems here actually matter. I, I think I would want to share encouragement that like, don't worry, don't let the little stuff get you down. Uh, think of the broader vision. Think of like your beliefs and, and your core and your values. Uh, that's what's going to be important. Mm, love it. Get rid of all the stuff that doesn't matter. Got it. All right. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K? You know, I think I want to tell you if you're, if you're a new entrepreneur, um, don't, don't let that scarcity mindset get in your way. Uh, I know you've got it and I had it as well, but realize that this is, this is just a temporary mindset. And then once you're on the other side of that hump, um, mm. that, that all goes away. So concentrate on figuring out how to give other people value, invest in relationships now, and those will pay out in the long term. Uh, you, you can't go right for the kill by asking for, for sales right now, uh, but you will be able to in the future and they'll naturally come. So invest in relationships. Don't invest in something that's going to immediately give you a dollar back. Powerful, powerful. Startup Nation, listen to the wisdom of AJ. Relationships are the only thing in this world that are eternal. They're the only thing that lasts and carries on. What is the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you, AJ? Uh, you know, I'll share a little secret with you. If you go to b2linked.com and fill out that contact form, you will not be put in touch with a salesperson or be put into a complex marketing automation workflow. Uh, you will be put directly into my inbox and you won't get a sales pitch from me. So ask anything you want and I will answer. From the non-sales guy's mouth directly to you, Startup Nation, go ahead and reach out to him at b2link.com and fill out the contact us form. Uh, AJ, thank you for joining us today. Really powerful, <laughs> really powerful, man. I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K, sir. Thanks, Joseph. I sure appreciate you being able to, to share my story with your audience. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, God bless you all. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We gotta get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.